0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. the gospel of the lord
1: the lord be with you and with your last week jesus went into the desert and we were invited to to follow him and today jesus climbs a mountain and he's asking us if we will go with him he wants us to be with him the same way Peter, James, and John had that gift of going up a mountain and then having that life-changing moment to see Jesus not just in his humanity, but in his divinity. There on top of the mountain, you can say the curtain of the world was pulled back and they had a glimpse of heaven. I'd like to tell you a story about Uh, a glimpse of heaven moment that happened to me while I was in Haiti. It didn't actually happen to me, but to a, a young woman down there. We all need to ask our Lord for that grace at times to be able to look at our lives, not just with our human lens, you could say, but to see our lives the way God sees our lives. When we do that, something changes. This young woman had uh, come to Port-au-Prince to spend a week helping the missionaries of charity. I had been down there shortly after the earthquake, and one of the places you've heard me talk about, we call it the children's home, which even today is still uh, active, thankfully. The best side of the church is always in some of the worst places in the world. There, uh, the children's home has a simple name, and it's a simple place. It's for little children from a day old to about two years old. And here we have beautiful hospitals. We have beautiful intensive care units with great doctors and nurses. And, and that's where we would send any child that was very sick but in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, you, you just don't have a hospital like that. There is a hospital, but it's often overcrowded. They often don't have the ability to take in new patients. And so Mother Teresa's sisters have been running sort of a makeshift clinic, you could say, not far from the hospital. But it's a place where you can bring a child if you can't get a place in the hospital. Now, after the earthquake. Most of those children were orphans that had been rescued. And this was about a year later, so they, the orphans had more or less moved on to another place. But these were kids who were in the midst of the cholera epidemic. And so there was no clean water to drink, and people were, were suffering. And let's just say death was all around. And so imagine a, a simple building with different rooms with about a hundred baby cribs and about a hundred little children most of whom have some very uh, bad disease and malnourishment So it was normal I know this isn't a happy story at the beginning it's normal that every day you would lose a few of the children well this young woman who would come down with a group I picked them up at the airport to bring them to the children's home and when we stopped to kind of bring them to their lodging uh, we had a, a few moments to just get to know each other and since I was the priest this young woman uh, sort of opened up a little bit right away when we were just together for a moment and uh, I'm gonna change her name I'll just call her Mary that's not her real name But Mary had, she was a college student, and really doubted whether God loved her, whether God would forgive her. She hadn't lived a perfect life. It's not like anyone has, but sometimes people forget that and they feel like they're maybe the only one who's made a mistake. Uh, She really was sad, depressed, and felt like God didn't love her or want her. And yet, here she was, being a Catholic missionary for a time on her spring break. And so we went to the children's home, and with a hundred babies to take care of, the the six or seven volunteers that I had brought were quickly, you know, ushered off to feed babies, hold babies, change diapers, and and do what they could. And and Sister Francesca, uh, when I came in. She had kind of a look on her face that told me that she needed me to do a baptism. Often when a a child would be brought in, in danger of death, that would be one thing we would do, a baptism. And uh, so I went with Sister Francesca, and and Mary came with me because she was there, and and we went to this little part of the clinic, and there was a little boy, uh, about a year old, and he was with an IV, uh, not doing well, did not expect him to, to make it. So uh, I got my holy water, and we had a baptism. When you have a baptism, you have usually the parents and the baby, and you have godparents, right? And, and so I was just there with Mary, so I said, Mary, would you please, would you be willing to be the godmother to this boy? We hadn't even been there for 20 minutes, and and she was stunned that she was kind of like all of a sudden she's a godmother and so she's holding this baby boy we baptized the baby and uh I leave to go do some other things and of course Mary basically made that her mission that week to do nothing but care for this little boy and thankfully as the days went by he was getting better like there was a chance he was going to survive and and Mary every day was more and more alive and just full of you could say the spirit and feeling much better than when she had arrived and about three days into it i walked by and she was there holding the little boy and she had this smile on her face she goes father do you know what the boy's name is and i could not remember She says the boy's name is emmanuel which means god is with us and she was holding him recognizing that God had wanted her to be godmother to this boy. And not only that, his name had the second meaning, which meant God is with you. That little story changed, or well, that experience changed Mary's life. She was a different woman after those days. We don't really know what happened to Emmanuel. I think he would have gotten better. He'd be about seven or eight right now. Mary will get to see him someday in heaven, whether he gets there first or she does, they'll both be there. Mary was able to see something different about her life. She thought God didn't want her. And like Peter, James, and John, they heard the voice of God the Father say in those beautiful way, that beautiful words, this is my beloved son. God says that to each one of us here today. He said that on the day of your baptism and he says that every day of your life you are my beloved son you are my beloved daughter mary made a choice she could have in her misery and sadness just gone to spend her spring break like most college kids do and we know what that means right just drowning your misery and whatever you can come up with but she made a space for God. She took a a leap of faith to go to a dangerous place, a dirty place, an awful place, and it was there in the depths of that place of misery that she had the most beautiful experience of her life. She made a choice to make space for God so he could pull back the curtain on the truth of her life. We have a choice today to say yes to God, to carve out a space in your life in your week in your family so that god as well can pull back the curtain and show you the beauty of your life no matter how bad or how difficult it is right now there's a different story happening if you look at it with eyes of faith in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Amen.